Okay, you guys ready? Sure. All right, give me my countdown so I don't. All right, here we go. Five, four, three. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report. Uh, Batwoman left Twitter, Big Bang Theory is going to an ending, and uh, we've reached our first goal as a website. My name's Drew, I'll be your host this evening. Along with me is my brother Peter. Hello there. And our silent producer, Ryan. And he's giving a thumbs up because he's our silent Bob for the evening. So, like I said, we're going to cover everything. We're going to break down all the news, but we need to cover a couple housekeeping things. Uh, our first goal has been achieved. We've reached episode seven. Here we are. Awesome. I found out a lot of podcasts don't make it past episode seven, and since we're a baby podcast, we're still growing, we're still kind of getting our legs. Episode seven was the goal for me for, like, the first thing I wanted to achieve was get there. We had to get into that groove of sitting down and discussing things every week. And here we are. We're discussing it for our seventh week in a row, Mm -hmm. and it's awesome. And I look forward to this every week. And (laughs) every week I'm like, hey, is it Thursday yet? So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, So, yeah, seventh episode. This is awesome. With that being said, our website is live. Our Twitter is live. Our Facebook is live. Episodes are being loaded up. If you are on our website and you are looking at past episodes, we've been recording for seven weeks straight. <laughs> so some of the information is a little backlogged because we wanted to get a backlog of website of episodes. We didn't want you to go to our website and think to yourself, there's no content. What are these guys doing? For so sure. everything's loading up right now. And as soon as we get, I want to say what? The episodes we have recorded are go mm-hmm. up. We'll submit to iTunes and then we'll get those on Apple Casts and then we'll move on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, the works. Mm-hmm. So one thing at a time, but we're moving. Goal <laughs> one has been achieved. <laughs> so before unlocked. we uh, move on to the news, because we actually have a lot of news to discuss, because I feel every time we turn off the microphones, <laughs> all this news hits, mm-hmm. For which sure. is great because that leaves stuff to talk about. <laughs> so uh, what are we watching this week? Okay, so I'm watch- I've watched a couple of things this week. Uh, first thing I wanted to mention is uh, Disenchantment on Netflix. Have either of you guys watched it? Uh, no, and okay. I've been hearing mixed reviews. Okay, so um, if you don't know, Disenchantment is uh, Matt Grant. Graining's next project. Is it graining or groaning? It looks like groaning. I've heard plenty of times that it's actually supposed to be graining. So I've I've heard it I've heard it both ways. But yeah, so if you don't recognize the name, he's the creator of The Simpsons, who mm-hmm. then went and created Futurama. Futurama. Yeah. Now with Futurama, the first time I watched Futurama, I thought to myself, "Oh, this isn't The Simpsons." <laughs> <laughs> nice. However, going back, Futurama is a fantastic yes, show. Yeah. So. I'm excited to watch Disenchantment. I just haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, so, well, since you've mentioned his past product projects, The Simpsons, in its prime, was an amazing comedy. It affected the culture of the world around us. Futurama, um, kind of like what you said, you watch the first episode and it's like, okay, this isn't exactly what I was hoping for because you have The Simpsons in mind, but Futurama ended up becoming a great comedy. It's one of my favorite shows ever made, pretty much. Um, So Disenchantment, I feel like it starts off a little slow, but I've watched, I'm seven episodes in of a season of ten episodes, and I feel like it gets a lot. Uh, it gets a lot better as it goes on. The subplots get better. The jokes get better. So, well, story writing aside, with like the 
you know, the main story yes. and the subplots and stuff. I heard a thing about the names of the characters, <laughs> okay. which really made me laugh. <laughs> Fair enough. So I'm really interested because the main character's name is Elfo. Yeah, he's one of them. Right. Yeah. But I heard that they basically took anything that that character is and put an O at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, the talkative one is named Taco, and, like, does that make um, sense? Like, Oh, okay, so you're you're probably referring to, at the very beginning, they have a elf village. Okay. And yes, that, that's exactly how they name the characters. <laughs> so, like, there's a point where uh, somebody's like, no one's ever left elf village. Well, except for Levo, but that's a different story. <laughs> so, right. it, it's, pre- it's pretty good. Right. Yeah, it, that is one of the That made me laugh, and, and it made me really like, okay, I have to check this out. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, it's all, yeah, it's, it's just, I'm liking it a lot because... Like, I liked Futurama so much, and it's kind of filling that void for me in a lot of ways. Um, but otherwise, uh, I just think it's, it's a fun show. I think it's getting better as it's going. And uh, otherwise, the other thing I wanted to mention is the backgrounds are really cool in the show. Like, the characters all have that typical Matt Groening style of uh, animation, but the backgrounds, as opposed to Simpsons or Futurama, kind of have more of a watercolor look, which makes it feel more storybooky, so oh. I enjoy that aspect of nice. it as well. And it's actually good that you're an artist to point yeah. that stuff out. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> I would have been like, oh, those are cool backgrounds, and mm-hmm. you know, and you'll then, give uh, me that watercolor. <laughs> speaking of the backgrounds, it does uh, something that uh, Simpsons and Futurama were really good at, where it has a ton of jokes just in signs or paintings or just random stuff in the background. There's like a bunch of hilarious jokes back there, and in the village, there's tons of shops that are, like, medieval parodies of modern-day shops and stuff, so it's, it's great. It's really good stuff, so. Fantastic. Did you watch anything else? Um, also on Netflix, because it's on there, uh, I watched Ex Machina, finally. Oh, yeah? So, that movie was great. It wasn't at all what I expected, but I really loved it. Um, I that, think it was... That's probably my favorite movie from 2015, and I'm <laughs> shocked that it didn't win the Best Picture. It was nominated. <laughs> right. It didn't win. It's uh, Yeah, I mean, it was more of a thriller than I expected. It was more of a... It's terrifying, isn't it? It's more like a... has more mystery to it, more kind of just suspense, but it's also like kind of a really amazingly done Twilight Zone episode in a weird way. Oh, that's a, um, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, because there's all the twists and stuff, but it's also super relevant to how the world is right now. So right. I thought it was... Yeah, I don't want to say too much for people who haven't seen it. It's such a good movie, great. and I, rec- I highly recommend that movie to anybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I watched... Deadpool 2 is out on Blu-ray, so I watched the Super Duper Cut. Oh, nice. How was it? So if anyone doesn't understand what the Super Duper Cut is, it's basically the Deadpool 2 director's cut. Uh, the movie was the movie originally in the theater was great. The Super Duper Cut, they added a bunch more jokes, <laughs> all the stuff they had to cut out. Mm-hmm. So this, if you know the movie, spoilers, there's a sequence where Deadpool tries to kill himself a couple times. There's some more of that, which is really <laughs> funny because there's some bizarre ones. Okay. <laughs> so nice. I really don't want to repeat any lines of dialogue because mm-hmm. there's so much packed into that movie. But Deadpool 2 kind of sells itself. It was great. But yeah. if you're going to watch it, watch the Super Duper Cut because <laughs> of the, some of the things they added. That's pretty, in there, that's so. pretty cool. Um, the new jokes you think are worth it then? They're oh, the new the... jokes are fantastic. Okay. Yeah. That's great It's to just hear. stuff that hit the cutting room floor. It was honestly, they were probably cut out of the movie for time. Okay. I've heard a lot that uh, they're cut out of the movie just because of how mature the content gets with some of the jokes. Sort of. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's a couple things, but it's Deadpool and how 
it's mm-hmm. it's gonna get that way anyway, so mm-hmm. who cares? For sure. Right? So nice. Um, all right. So you want to hit news? Sounds good. Because we have a lot to talk about. So <laughs> fair enough. First, let's hit Big Bang Theory ending. It was announced that Big Bang Theory is coming to a close after the current season. So the next season that's about to air is the twelfth season. That will be the final season of Big Bang Theory. Wow, 12 years. Yes, and according to all reports, they're ending the show because Jim Parsons, who plays Sheldon, is wants to go on to other things. Yeah, that's what I heard. Here's what's interesting. They offered the cast like an extra $50 million to do two more years. Oh, and they, they turned it down? It's just because Jim Parsons wanted to walk away. <laughs> they wanted it for two more years, right. which would have hit the 300-episode mark if they would have done it. I think, or 300, that doesn't sound right, but it's fine. Um, that doesn't sound right for some no, reason. No, that would be right. If it's like around 25 episodes a season, 12. Yeah, because yeah. five seasons gets you 100 episodes. That <laughs> yeah. gets you syndication. My math is clearly wrong. <laughs> no, so yeah, it would hit the 300 episode mark. That's not going to be the case, which is fine. I feel like the show, it's time. Mm-hmm. I've had a very love-hate relationship with Big Bang mm-hmm. Theory where they do this great job of representing nerd culture, and then they don't do a good job of representing nerd, nerd culture. That makes some sense. some things that really have driven me nuts. Sometimes there's some facts they get wrong, and I, being a, <laughs> being a super nerd, I cringe when they do that. Mm-hmm. But I've all enjo- I've enjoyed it, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they end this season out. So. Yeah, I mean, I watched the show a lot when it came out, um, and I really enjoyed it. I've kind of fallen off... Um, because I felt like the show is kind of focusing more on the characters' relationships with each other. Well, they, I to feel that. that they've completely... For a show that's supposed to embrace nerd culture, I feel like they've completely removed the majority of the nerd culture. Mm-hmm. And it's like background stuff only. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of how I started to feel, which is kind of why I fell off of it. But it's still... I've enjoyed it a ton. Well, um, I'm invested so this far. I might yeah. as well see it through to the end. Right, <laughs> so, right. Um, so, yeah, Big Bang Theory is leaving, and since... Big Bang Theory is leaving, and we're working on our segues. Let's talk real quick about Batwoman leaving Twitter. So yes. Ruby Rose was cast as Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Ruby Rose has gotten the internet likes to ruin everything, For and sure. there are just trolls everywhere. They have forced her as an actress off of Twitter. Yeah, I mean it's it's really messed up. I mentioned last week that. I didn't even understand the backlash with Ruby Rose. So here's so here's the thing I don't understand is the 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 complaint is it's not a racial thing. It is a sexual preference thing. Batwoman is a lesbian character in comics. Yeah. So the internet has said, "Why are you not casting a lesbian actress to play Batwoman?" Ruby Rose's statement was, "I am a lesbian." <laughs> See ya, <laughs> <laughs> and she left Twitter. Like yeah, she's not going to deal with weird. it. I feel like there's been a lot of people saying she's not lesbian enough and stuff, and it's just getting ridiculous. But right, I'm I, sorry. Look, Ruby, I know you're listening. So, um, <laughs> I, I saw you in John Wick. I'm excited to see the Meg. I haven't seen yet. You're going to make a great Batwoman, and I'm really excited for this. Yeah, exactly. So, um, since we're talking about Batwoman and mm. internet trolls, stop ruining it for well, everybody. There's... We have access to these celebrities that are willing to talk on social media, and you guys are making them all leave. <laughs> well, and... you need to pay attention that she's an actor, and she's acting a part, and the root word of actor is act, which means pretending to be something that you aren't, so it shouldn't matter either way. But. It... I mean, that, whatever. That concept <laughs> is lost on so many people that peruse the internet. So, 
With that being said, since we're talking about uh, Batwoman, that brings us to the Arrowverse. So sure. the reason I wanted to talk about this real quickly is because they've announced the date for the crossover. The Arrowverse crossover. So the Arrowverse encompasses the CW superhero shows. Arrow, Supergirl, Flash, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And at some point, I assume they'll bring in Black Lightning. <laughs> yeah. As of right now, that's its own mm-hmm. thing. They said that for the Arrowverse crossover, it starts December 9th. So December 9th, 10th, and 11th. And it's only going to cover Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. Yeah, that, that, and that then, was interesting. And then it will focus on introducing Batwoman into the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think it's interesting that they're leaving out Legends. Um, I've heard rumblings that people are thinking that it's going to take place in Supergirl's universe as opposed to the Arrow universe this time. And that's why... Because they are... Well... That's why Legends isn't going to be in it. Um, And then that's also why they are incorporating Lois Lane and Clark Kent. Well, that's what I I was going to bring that up next, is Lois and Clark Kent, you know, so... Mm, But in Supergirl, in Supergirl's world, they've already established a Superman, a Clark Kent, so that's probably... While yeah. they're doing that, and they've had Lois Lane's sister in those episodes in Supergirl. Yeah, as well, that's a so. good point, and that's mm-hmm. not a bad way of looking at it. I never thought about it, and what would be even cooler is introducing Batwoman because Flash and Arrow have their crossovers because every yeah. now and then, you know, Barry and Oliver will go back and forth. Yeah, DC Comics has this really cool thing called World's Finest. Yes, so that is a team up book with Batman and Superman, mm-hmm. and then very recently the team up book with Power Power <laughs> Girl and Huntress. Yes, which if you want to really dig deep, Power Girl is a Supergirl from another Earth, yes. and Huntress is. On some realities, the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. In some realities, she's not. Regardless, they've done that before. You could do World's Finest with Supergirl and Batwoman. Yeah. You know, that'd be amazing. It'd be so. great. And eventually they'll they'll cross over and bring in the composite Superman and Batman mech from the Public Enemies storyline. Yeah. Just to throw, yeah. back, to, to throw back to last, last week. Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll have composite Supergirl, yes. composite Batwoman. <laughs> Uh, so with that said, um, I don't know if you heard Brendan Fraser got cast as Robot Man in Doom Patrol. Oh, yes. I, uh, I saw this a little bit. I didn't read any of the details, but it's interesting. (laughs) Okay, so I read a little bit. So Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol and X-Men released in comics almost at the same time. Like, DC was ahead of X-Men by, like, a minute. Yeah. With Doom Patrol. And they're almost the same. I almost kind of argue that Teen Titans is more closer to X-Men than Doom Patrol, but... Maybe the teenage aspect Right, but they're almost the same, Mm -hmm. like, thing. DC was ahead just a little bit. X-Men, I think, made the popularity because X-Men is technically a story about racism. Yeah. So I think that, you know, touched base with a lot of people on a different uh, level. And that's right. why X-Men succeeded think, in a way. Uh, X-Men has a lot of really iconic character designs that might have grabbed people's right. attention. Right, well, and then you have Jim Lee more. drawing the artwork and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. With that said, so Brandon Fraser's playing Robot Man in the Doom Patrol on the DC streaming app, mm-hmm. DC Universe. And from what I understand, he's doing the voice. And then they're going to shoot some backstory flashback stuff before he became Robot Man. Okay, nice. So, I, I mean, now that I know... Because when I saw that Brendan Fraser's playing Robot Man, my first thought was, what? <laughs> but as I read into it, I was like, okay, I, that's fine. It'll you know, be interesting like, to it'll, see. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, it reminds me a lot of um, Brandon Routh being a big movie actor playing Superman, and now he's the Adam in uh, Supergirl. Um, it's pretty similar, kind of 
big movie star going to a DC show. It'll be interesting to see. I I don't have anything bad to say about it, but I guess we'll just see what he what he can do as Robot Man. Yeah, and <laughs> it's yeah, but like I said, I said it a few weeks ago. You got to trust the casting when they make an announcement like that. Yeah. There's a reason they casted the actor. Let's trust it. <laughs> so uh, since we're on actors, um, there's a list that came out. <laughs> right. We're say, we're going right through the news because there's so there's a lot to talk about. But oh, for sure. Um, there was a I saw this on the web a little while ago. There's a couple days actually. The top paid actors in Hollywood actors. So it's just male actors. Mm-hmm. I looked at the list. It's a fairly large list, and I was like, "Wow, this is a top five show." So I just looked at the top five and thought I'd read those off. Okay, sounds good. So I'm gonna give you the dollar amount though, and this is what apparently they're being paid per movie, not oh, like wow. yearly. So this is per movie if you want to hire them, <laughs> and it makes you like reevaluate. So when you think of Infinity War, when you think of Avengers: Infinity War, understand that a third of that movie's budget was cast salary. Now I'm going to go through – now only two of the actors from Infinity War are on this list. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll understand. Okay. So uh, the number five actor is Jackie Chan. Oh, interesting. Yeah, $45 million a movie. Okay. Chris Helmsworth is number four, who played Thor, $64 million a movie. Okay. And these are going upwards in dollars. Yes, yes. So number three is Robert Downey Jr., Okay. Okay, who plays Iron Man. $81 million a movie. Mm-hmm. All okay. right. The next one is The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Okay, makes sense. At $124. $124 million. Okay, million, yeah, yeah. Yeah, million. Sorry. Jeez. And then the final one is George Clooney at a <laughs> capping off $239 yeah. million a movie. That is insane. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So... Yeah, I wish I had that quote in my contract. But. So, I don't know. Jackie Chan and Chris Hemsworth, I really didn't expect to be on that list. That's really surprising to me, but I good for them. Um, Robert Downey Jr., I know that when they filmed Infinity War, he one of his requests was that they transport all his furniture from his house to a hotel room while <laughs> yeah, they were filming. I remember that so too. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's on that list. Well, that bad, but he but was on Fallon talking about that and he said it's because his cats really like his couch so they had to make sure that the furniture like <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to keep yeah. his cats happy. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard any more of a first world problem. I want to say that, I want to say it was cats. It could have been his dog but it was one of his <laughs> pets that really had a thing for the yes. furniture and he didn't want it to be weird in the Mm-hmm. hotel room and that way had you know familiar scented things right so um, i just thought as a salary that's huge yeah so. and then i was gonna say the rock prints money like every movie he's in is just a massive hit so that makes no sense i know too. and like skyscraper is probably gonna be i mean it's I not gonna that be bombed it actually probably did and that's like maybe a first for Dwayne the rock johnson well did you ever watch uh, the show entourage no Okay, There's a, it's a great show. It's on HBO. It was technically, if you think, if you look at the show and you know the story of Mark Wahlberg's career, it's technically yeah. a show about Mark Wahlberg. Okay, interesting. And and if you watch like Wahlburgers, the show that the food show that they did, the real characters, the real people that are portrayed in that show are actually on that show. So you can see like the real turtle and the real mm-hmm. um, E and that. Kind oh, of thing. that's weird. Okay, it, it, that's right. cool though. But. So, this, but Mark Wahlberg is in Entourage here and there, like just as a cameo <laughs> being himself. Yeah. And there's a scene where 
the main character is talking to Mark Wahlberg, and he's like, hey, what are you doing on studio today? And he's like, oh, I'm doing some uh, ADR work for TED 3. <laughs> There's no TED 3 yeah. coming, but that's what he said. Nice. So then the main character says, how many of those are you going to do? Wahlberg says, I'll do 20 if they want. Nice. Basically, like, <laughs> it's the... They pay me well to do those. I'll do 20 <laughs> yeah, if they sure. want me to. Who cares if it bombs? <laughs> so Nice. That, I think that's Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, <coughs> thoughts with um, the Marvel movies, pretty yeah. much. But, uh, oh, the last thing I was going to say is I heard that uh, George Clooney's salary is actually so high because he's actually been focusing on humanitarian efforts and stuff. So, yeah, he hasn't acted in a while. Yeah, and... Which is probably like he probably is trying to focus on the humanitarian stuff, but if somebody's going to pay him... 240 million like why not sort of thing it'd be <laughs> right. in a movie but right i mean maybe that's the case i was surprised because i had heard at one point that tom cruise is one of the highest paid actors in hollywood mm-hmm. he wasn't on the list at all that's crazy so i yeah i heard the same thing i couldn't which tell might mean why he's potentially <laughs> looking at green lantern who knows yeah. <laughs> for sure uh you had a couple things you wanted to talk about okay yeah so um the first one i wanted to mention is every you know how every once in a while you see them announce some kind of movie, some kind of prod- project, but it's it's something that's not going to come out for years, so you just kind of toss it in the back of your mind and don't worry about it. So one of those examples is uh, I heard years ago that Guillermo del Toro was going to produce a movie about uh, the scary stories to tell in the dark uh, storybooks. Do you guys remember these books at all or no? Uh, I do. And okay. Real quickly, Del Toro won the Best Director Oscar last year. <laughs> yeah. And he won Best Picture for mm-hmm. Shape of Water. So. Yeah. Oh, you, no? You didn't like Ryan Shape of Water? Ryan did not like Shape wow. of Water. okay. We'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> I'll have to straighten you out. No, I'm just um, So anyways, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, if you don't know, is a basically horror stories for children. Like, they were in the library. They had really distinct looking artwork that were inside the book it was all black and white but they were just these really grotesque grotesque sketchy images and then the covers were always the same kind of artwork with a couple different colors splashed on it all right so i think it's cool because as far as i know all these stories are taken from folklore and from like just old ghost stories being shared around so i'm really curious what del toro is going to do with it but i'm also really curious about the visual style like are the creatures are the victims are the aspects of this movie going to represent or are they going to be representative of those old illustrations that i think just captured so many kids imaginations as they sure okay. books so i'm really interested in it from what i've heard the plot is going to be about a group of young teenagers investigating a series of murders in their hometown so i feel like there's going to be different murders, and that's going to tie in with different stories. So I'm very interested. I'm excited. I don't know. Do you have any that, comments? Well, or? that sounds really cool. Del Toro doing anything <laughs> with monsters is cool. Yes. One of my all-time favorite Del Toro movies is Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm, for sure. Absolutely. I, I Someone just told me it was good, and I should check it out. Mm-hmm. Really had no clue what I was going into. Didn't matter. Yes. I was like, cool, I'll take any recommendation, mm-hmm. right? It's it's absolutely astounding. So yeah. if you can, get yourself a copy of Pan's Labyrinth and check it out. It's yeah. great. Um, I also didn't know the whole movie was in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. I have no problem reading subtitles. I just didn't know the whole didn't movie was going to be in, yeah. in Spanish. So I spent the whole movie reading subtitles, which is fine. Yeah, so. yeah that's a great one. I love that uh, 
people always argue over is Pan's Labyrinth a horror movie or a fantasy movie, and it's kind of both in a weird way, it which is. is awesome. So, um, and then, what oh, else did you have? Oh yeah, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, Netflix announced that they're going to do a sequel to their Death Note movie. Have either of you guys watched Death Note at all? Or okay, all right. So I know <laughs> Death Note the anime. I've never watched it, okay. but I know of yeah. it. Yeah. I know that Netflix did the movie Death Note, yeah. which got heavy mixed reviews, <laughs> yes. which is interesting because I feel like the fans of Death Note hated the movie. <laughs> but when I was listening to a couple other podcasts and they stated I know nothing about Death Note but watched the movie and really liked it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so it almost seems like if you don't have preconceived knowledge, it's a really good movie. Yeah, it's one of those – like I've watched uh, the whole anime and uh, the anime is great. Like it's a very – intricate, smartly written, um, basically cat and mouse tale about a detective and a murderer. Now the murderer has the power to kill anyone that he writes in his supernatural notebook. So he writes your name in right. the notebook. And, and when I heard it. the concept of this, I'm like, this is cool. It's very, it's very so. interesting. But I think because the, uh, anime is so, um, it's so intricate and smartly written. And I think the movie didn't really focus on some of the aspects that people really got into with sure. the show. So the thing is, the movie, if you view it on its own and don't think of it as it has to be beholden to the source material, it's a fun watch. Like, it's it's not the greatest thing ever, but it's a fun movie. Right, like, and it's, that's It's not like, horrible. But I, I heard that, and I, you know, so yeah. I was planning on watching it. I haven't had time, but now I feel like I have to put it to the forefront because <laughs> I, th- I think you'd, I think you'd uh, really enjoy it. Um, there, some of the character designs in it, like the main character in the show, is a high schooler, and you might be like, you know, would a teenager really be this smart? But if you let get that go, it's a very interesting show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm curious what they're gonna do with the Death Note too. The one thing that everybody did love in the original movie is Willem Dafoe's portrayal as Ryuk, who's essentially a demon who gives the death note to right, okay. I mean, high schooler character. So. All right. Yeah. I mean, we'll see where it goes. I'm going to watch it regardless. I'm kind of <laughs> well, now I'm going to go movie, watch. But... Now I'm going to go watch at least the first one and we go from yeah. there. So. Um, so I've been moving through, I've been kind of moving us through news quickly because there's one piece of news I wanted to talk about because there's a lot of information on it and I wanted <laughs> to get your reaction. Okay. And I don't want to keep us here all night because we could have talked about the Arrowverse for another hour <laughs> if we really wanted to. Yeah. So uh, Disney has released a list of what, of their catalog for the streaming app right now. Okay. Some of it's actually kind of a surprise mm-hmm. and some of it is not. So okay. I pulled off a bunch of highlights uh, some of this we've known and we've talked about, so I'll read these through. Give me your reactions when there's something <laughs> that catches your attention. So we know about the Star Wars live-action series. Yes. We've talked about that. Directed by John Favreau, correct? Direct, written and directed okay. by John Favreau. Uh, they've talked about maybe it being Mandalorian saga, but they've heavily covered Mandalorian yeah. content, not only in Clone Wars, but also in Rebels, so I don't know what mm-hmm. the plan there is. So, Clone Wars is coming back. We talked about that because yes. the trailer released. Star Wars movies. Okay. Um, so, has something been officially announced? So, this is where it's interesting. So, the Star Wars movies eventually will be, are supposed to be on the streaming app. Mm-hmm. All of them. The catch is Disney has broadcasting 
rights to major networks like mm-hmm. TBS, TNT, like Turner has some broadcasting <laughs> rights and a contract for X number of right. years. So because of that, Disney can't pull the movies from them due to the contract. So uh, Star Wars movies after 2019 okay. will be on the app. Oh, I mean, that's not too bad. Like, so, so that means episode Does that nine. mean in 2020 or that after means, 2019 That means starts. episode 9 will be on the app. Okay, but... All the rest are on, going to be... Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you meant so they're all going to be there after 2019. Okay. No, so if it was made, if it releases after 2019 starts, <laughs> okay. it'll be on the app. So that's episode right. 9. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because that won't release till Christmas mm-hmm. of 2019. So the idea is, is that the Turner contract goes through 2024. Mm-hmm. Disney is currently in negotiations to try and get those movies on the app earlier because mm-hmm. the plan is to have them all there. Which is great. We want them all there. So there's kind of a, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was kind of funny when I read it. And I was like, well, <laughs> Turner puts them on like every 4th of July and every yeah. Labor Day and Secretary Day and For you know, sure. any major holiday they can And think most of. of us already own our own copies of right, most of exactly. the Star Wars movies. And, so. Right. So <laughs> the idea of being able to watch them on the Disney app, it's great. I can't wait for that to be like just fire up the app and watch them wherever I am. Yeah. You know, so... But I thought that was kind of humorous that that's the case. And you're, we're going to find here that, and I'll move on right to it right now, that is exactly the same situation with the Marvel films. Okay. So a lot of the Marvel movies will be on the streaming app, but some of them will fall under broadcasting rights. Okay, fair So, enough. like, FX is airing, like, Iron Man 3 right now. I think it was on earlier tonight. Mm-hmm. That kind of falls under that contractual thing. So all... 20x movies for Marvel are not going to be on there right mm-hmm. away because of those contracts. Like I said, Disney's trying to pull some of okay. that stuff. Yeah. So, there's going to be an untitled Marvel series on the app. Yeah, okay. It's exclusive to the app. No idea what that is? Sounds good. Mm. Father of the Bride <laughs> series. Oh, series. <laughs> I don't know That's what that is. It sounds like it's going to be a full reboot of the classic movie with yeah. Steve Martin, Father I of the mean, Bride. Maybe I'll check it out. I don't know how they're going <laughs> to stretch it out for a whole right. series. You have to understand this is meant to be a family-friendly yeah. app, so they're kind of looking at it going, well, we have all our stuff. What original and content can we did put on Did Fox own Father of the Bride or Disney I don't does? Know. Okay. I, didn't know. <laughs> I don't know if I knew who owned Father of the yeah. Bride before I saw this. High Fidelity television series oh that's that's gonna be awesome that's well like, all right so high fidelity john cusack <laughs> yeah owning the record store dealing with the you know mm-hmm. dealing with the girlfriend breakup i love that movie yes and i love the book by <laughs> nick hornby i've that's a book that mm-hmm. i've read multiple times i've watched that movie dozens of times the idea of seeing the show about those guys working in the shop first off i didn't know disney had the rights to do that <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how they handle it because that was a rated R movie oh, <laughs> due I to, mean, like, dialogue and stuff. Yeah. So. I mean, you could tone the language down and just have it a lot of music right. and vinyl nerd stuff on there. I think, right. it'd be, I think it'll be cool if they can pull it off. Um, so, High School Musical, the series. Okay. I mean. All right. Go I, for it. Of course. <laughs> Lady and the Tramp live action remake. Is going to be on the Disney app? Yeah, so it sounds okay. like the live-action remake will be exclusive to the app as opposed to a theater release. I thought it was going to be a yeah, theatrical right. release movie. Either way, in all seriousness, it's computer-animated live-action. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're dealing with animals that can talk, so when they say live-action, it's going to be like Jungle yeah. Book, which well, that's computer-animated. Well, there's one live-action character on the <laughs> right. rest. <laughs> animated. Right. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, 
full reboot. Cool. So they had three Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies, and then they had a television series. I don't know to the extent of this, but it looks <laughs> like they might be fully rebooting Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as a thing. <laughs> I'm down with it. That's cool. Monsters, Inc. television series. Okay. Okay. Mighty Ducks television series, which... <laughs> I have I have Ryan shaking his head and Peter saying I mean, who's going to be who's going to play coach Bombay? I don't know. Like who I don't I feel like Emilio Estevez just pulled it off so well, you know. Right. It's, and even if they don't do coach Bombay and they do a different coach and it's still like, you know, someone taking over the Ducks <laughs> and this is all new kids, this could technically be Disney's Friday Night Lights if they do it right. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? So um they have an untitled Muppets series. Coming, Makes sense. Which is great. I mm-hmm. loved The Muppet Show back in the day. I really liked what ABC was trying to do with the reboot of The Muppet Show, but it got canceled yeah. due to the ratings, and they're going to try and do something new. So I'm curious what if they're going to do a, a Muppet Show-style variety show. I mean, they could even do a talk show with it, or it might actually have a plot that goes throughout the season. So that'll be really interesting to see what they end right. up doing. A live-action Sword in the Stone remake. Which is awesome. I love our that theory and mythology. Cool. That actually sounds really yeah. cool. They could, and what will be nice about it is if you look at Disney's live-action films, they all tend to draw from the actual source material more than the animated films did. Mm. Like Alice in Wonderland, the animated film was very meant for families and kind of, I don't want to say dumbed down. That's not a good word because the, <laughs> the, the actual novel by Lewis Carroll has so much stuff in it that never made it to the screen yeah. in the animated film. But when you watch the live-action Alice in Wonderland films, they tried to incorporate a lot of the stuff from the Lewis mm-hmm. Carroll novel. So if they're going to do Sword in the Stone, <laughs> I'm thinking they're pulling the Once and Future King off the shelf and going, all right, let's see what we got. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, let's see where the, they go with it. That right. sounds cool. Um, so the entire Pixar back catalog... Will be available, nice. which nice. is awesome because some of those Pixar movies, like people forget about, and you know, hard yeah. to find. So I'm assuming that includes their shorts as well. <laughs> so the Disney Library in its entirety, all live action, all animated, which will be always that's accessible. Always or? accessible. There's a addendum <laughs> to this. Awesome. There's an addendum to this saying there's possible omissions, meaning Disney has their vault. That mm-hmm. they take an animated movie and, you know, roll it in for seven years. I don't think it'll be seven years, but I could see them saying, hey, you know what? We'll pull this out when we think it's time to pull it out. So yeah. I could see them doing some rotation. But mm-hmm. when they say possible emissions, I don't think it's going to be a huge number. I think yeah. it's going to be, here's the entire catalog. Have fun watching our stuff. Nice. So the Fox film and TV catalog. <laughs> Just the entire thing. In its entirety. <laughs> So that includes Simpsons, that includes Family Guy, that includes, like... It includes a lot of stuff that we probably don't even know. Right. (laughs) Right. We don't know what Fox... I don't... Honestly, I'm not sure if I know what Fox entirely owned (laughs) to even jump into this. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that really was interesting is there's going to be no R-rated films on the Disney app. Okay. Because they want to so keep no, it, they no want to alien they want to keep it family films. friendly. So if you're looking for the Alien franchise or you're looking for the Die Hard franchise, they're going to be on Hulu. Okay. Guess what? I think, and if I did my research right, Disney owns Hulu. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair so, um, so if you're looking for the R-rated stuff from Fox, that's where it's going to be because Disney wants to keep it family friendly. I totally understand that. Yeah. I can't argue. But I mean, just listing off everything I just said. 
they had me at Disney app. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't have to really tell yeah, me. Yeah, that's insane. Like, have, it's it's massive. Have they announced a price for it yet? Not yet. Okay. So, That'll I'm be assuming... The that's the so, last thing. Uh, in April is when D23 happens, mm-hmm. and that is the Disney Shareholders Conference, and they announce all their big projects. That's like Disney's Comic-Con, and it's every other year. It's not, yeah. it's not yearly. It's every two years they do it, and they announce all their big projects, show off some stuff. They have the Star Wars Park opening. That's probably why they're targeting for April. Mm-hmm. You know, things are happening, so... We're probably going to get some more information in April, and that's assuming that's I'm assuming that's when we'll hear more because okay. they said it had to be up. They said they wanted to launch by 2019, mm-hmm. so April's 2019. They're probably thinking launching in fall of 2019. Cool. That'd be my guess, anyway. Awesome. Do you care if I mention a side thing that I thought no, go ahead. in the meantime of all this? If Disney owns Fox now. Are we gonna see the twentieth century Fox logo and hear the fanfare before Star Wars movies in the future? Yeah, because that would be amazing. So, all right. So if you don't know, the twentieth century Fox logo slash fanfare into the Star Wars theme was written by John Williams for Star Wars mm-hmm. in nineteen seventy-seven. So. With that being said, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they cannot use that Fox fanfare for yes. Star Wars. So that's why if you've seen Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Solo, Rogue One, they all start with the black screen Lucasfilm logo yes. comes up and it just kind of fades into then there's no fanfare. Yes. I did hear that they had a new fanfare written that never actually got used. Okay. If you have, if you purchased the digital copies of Star Wars from iTunes and like the original six films, yeah, that's the fanfare that okay. was rewritten. I've heard it. It sounds cool. It's definitely not Fox. Mm-hmm. I mean, it works. Yeah. But to your question, that would be cool. <laughs> but I really think that the standard now is to have the cold open where it's just silent. And you roll right for in. For sure. Yeah, it's just and one of those things that, for the nostalgia of it, it would just be so neat to see again. I um, I, I agree, that, but then that would take those handful of movies and they'd be weird to watch. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, that, <laughs> Wait, where is the true. Fox fanfare? That is true. Um, so. It's just one of those things that the Fox, 20th Century Fox logo and fanfare was so tied to Star Wars that we thought that the searchlights were lightsabers when we were a kid. Like, oh, we, yeah. Like, thought yeah, no, that, that's, like, that's that what that is. Star that's Star Wars. Wars. And then it doesn't matter that it's used for other movies. Yeah. That's Star Wars. It's, <laughs> it's just a side note. I just thought that right. could be interesting. It, it could be interesting. I just don't know. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's it for news. Do you have any other news topics that you... Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. For All me. right. So since it's news, I think it's time we get to our top five list for the week. Sounds great. Okay. So I'll start this off because this was my list pick. So I wanted to shift gears to television. So we're doing top five network sitcoms. Yes. So I wanted to make sure that sitcom was an actual... I, I actually looked this up, like, dictionary-wise. Okay. So sitcom just <laughs> simply means situational comedy. Okay. Right. So with that being said, I actually, somewhere, I couldn't find it. I tried looking all over the place. I feel like somewhere along 
my life, someone explained to me the reason they're called sitcoms is because the idea was is that you as a family would sit down after dinner and turn on the TV mm-hmm. and you'd, like watch an episode of something and then yeah. you know it'd be a comedy. So you're sitting there watching a comedy. Situational comedy, it's just a nice little like you know all those meanings together kind of make a nice little yeah. tight bow, right? So when I said uh, sitcom. It's got to be a half an hour comedy. That's the only. That's the only catch. So yeah. don't pull like an hour show because you're gonna have to be changing your <laughs> list. But um, it has to be network. So like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, great show, but that's a cable show, mm-hmm. not a network. So it had to be like NBC, Fox, ABC, WGN. That's those are networks. CBS. Yeah. We also talked last week after last week's episode when I brought this up about The Simpsons. Yeah. And Peter, you and I talked about how. Simpsons kind of falls more under animated category. That way we could save the Simpsons for if we do in, in the future, if we do like an animated list or exactly. like an animated comedy list or animated series list or something. Yeah. So it was. it's kind of nice to do that and then we can focus just on live action. A, a big part of the Simpsons too is that it started off as a short on the Tracy Ullman show too. It didn't start off as a sitcom. It was like... Yeah. A short that made fun of sitcoms, essentially. So. Yeah. So that's that's a that's another good point. So yeah. So Simpsons, unfortunately, is not going to count tonight, but it's only because of some things we talked about offline. Mm-hmm. So uh, since it was my pick for the list, let's start with you. Okay. Any honorable mentions. I found this list actually a lot harder to do than. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was very hard to narrow down. I do have a couple honorable mentions. The first one I want to mention is uh, Son of Zorn. Did you watch this show, or are you familiar with it? No, I gotta okay. ask. Isn't that an animated show? It's an honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Son of Zorn is actually... There's only one animated character in the show, and the oh, rest is live action. Oh, that's right. I, that's, so, all right. All right. Essentially, um, I'll let it slide. <laughs> essentially, uh, Son of Zorn is... If, if He-Man went through a portal and ended up on Earth and impregnated a woman... Son of Zorn is about his illegitimate child with this woman. <laughs> and uh, Zorn is the name of the barbarian cartoon character who ends up coming back into the real world to try to step up and actually become the kid's father. Um, I have not actually watched the show, but I knew the yeah. concept and that it's, whatnot. It's one of those things. It, it was really funny. It only lasted one season. It might have just been two out there or something for just the general audience. I just honestly really love the pre- the just the premise of it. I think it's so creative and so interesting. So that's why I wanted to All throw right. it on there. All right. Well, my first honorable mention is uh, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> nice. Like I said, I've had a love-hate relationship with this show. It started out so strong, mm-hmm. and it's vastly changed. And I don't think it's changed for the bad. I just think it's changed in general. And mm-hmm. like I said, it's time for the show to go. But... The show is great, and there's these really great comedic moments. The characters are all flushed out really well. They're all believable, too. Mm-hmm. So, did you have anything to say about Big Bang Theory? Or? Um, well, actually, uh, Big, Big Bang Theory did make my top five list. Oh, um, all so, right, well, we'll save it until we get to the... Okay, fair enough. <laughs> if you have, if you want to mention it, that's fine. I mean, I was just going to say, or should I save it? No, you can talk. Okay. We'll just, I was just going to tell say, me where it lands on your list. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It just ended up. Uh, it's probably like my number five choice, and it's just because of how much I enjoyed it when it first came out. But like I said, I kind of fell off of it, but I still got to mention it because it's one of the few sitcoms I've actually bought seasons of and stuff like that. Right. 
I mean, we've talked a lot about Big Bang Theory this episode, but yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, any other honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, I actually also wanted to mention uh, Third Rock from the Sun, if you remember oh, that show. Yeah. Uh, this show is about uh, four aliens who are sent to Earth to study the living habits of the human race. And uh, they just try to blend in, and they that's live their lives. That's where we got Joseph Gordon-Levitt and French yes, Stewart. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt on it. Actually, Joseph Gordon-Levitt came from Roseanne. Fair enough. I, did, I didn't. I didn't watch Roseanne. Yeah, he a lot, played so like a neighbor know, kid. He played like a neighbor kid who had like serious like social problems. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, this was a another show that I just loved the pre- pre- uh, premise of. As a kid, I watched it a ton just because I loved the idea of just aliens living among us. Um, the episode I remember the most is where these uh, there's a bunch of supermodel aliens from another race who come down to Earth, and they uh, they basically become love interests of all the male aliens on the show, but they're really sent to Earth to like exterminate the human race and uh, and take over <laughs> the world. What's funny is uh, I was trying to remember other episodes, so I was kind of researching it online, and I found an article about how that episode I just mentioned is a total abomination, and it's like one of the worst things that ever happened, but I liked it at the time. (laughs) (laughs) No, right on. All right, so my second honorable mention is Scrubs. Oh, okay. I completely forgot about Scrubs. (laughs) You forgot about Scrubs? Um I, I mentioned that I liked hospital shows a couple episodes ago because I was mm-hmm. talking about The Resident. Scrubs, I mean, yeah, it's not – it doesn't really fall under the uh, formulaic normal hospital shows, but there's so much great comedy in it. Yeah. And it's just about you know doctors and all this stuff. And it makes me wonder, maybe not how they deal with the patients, but some of the behind-the-scenes hospital stuff, somehow like the way they talk to each other makes me wonder about – um, if that's how doctors really talk to each other. Yeah. I have a friend who's a doctor, and he says that's exactly how that's they talk, what, like, um, behind the scenes. <laughs> I, was told, so. I was told by a doctor once that Scrubs, at least at the time that it was on, was the most accurate hospital show. And that's, I don't know if it's, he's talking procedurally, or if it's more just how the doctors I think he's and the talking like and the nurses the, all relate the antics to each other. of the doctors yes. interacting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Uh, my favorite scene from Scrubs, this is one of my favorite lines of dialogue. It's from one of the later seasons, one of the uh, interns. One of the interns? Yeah, one of the interns. Paige is Dr. Cox, mm-hmm. who's like the, he's like the, uh, he's like everyone's favorite. He's everyone's <laughs> favorite doctor. He's the reason I watched the show. <laughs> yeah. But she pages Dr. Cox at this like really inconvenient time and he comes over and finds out why and he's like did you really page me to find (laughs) out how much ibuprofen to give to a patient and she goes well I didn't want to like whatever her line was he goes here's what you're going to do it's ibuprofen you're going to (laughs) take the bottle and you're going to pour a bunch in your hand and then when he opens his mouth to yawn you're going to chuck it at him (laughs) and whatever sticks that's the correct dosage That's great. It's my favorite line. I love it. I really, that's a line of dialogue I wish I could use in real life, but I've never been given an opportunity to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, so Scrubs is my last honorable mention. Nice. So, since we talked about Big Bang, you want me yes. to make that your first pick? Yeah, that's my on first your list. Pick. All right, that's so Big Bang's right Peter's first list. All right. So, that makes my first pick uh, of the night is going to be Rules of Engagement. Okay. Did, um,. I don't know if I've seen this. I don't know if I know it or not. All right. So the whole the whole show is on Netflix. Okay. I definitely recommend it. So it's basically the concept is you have a married couple, Patrick Mm -hmm. Waterburton, and um, 
or Warburton, however you say his last mm-hmm. name, and Megan Price are married, and then you have a younger couple who are newly engaged, and their friend David Spade, who's, okay. who's the single guy just trying to pick up chicks left and right. <laughs> Fair enough. So you have these dynamics of the single guy, the married couple, and the newly engaged nice. couple. It's a really great comedy. Mm-hmm. Patrick Warburton has these great deadpan, like, sarcasm, like, lines of dialogue, and that relationship with him and his wife play off just so well. <laughs> nice. But, and then you get the comedy of David Spade, and if you know David Spade, like, mm-hmm. he's hilarious. So, But I highly recommend the show. The whole It's over now. I think it ran for seven or eight seasons. Okay. But the whole thing's on Netflix. Okay. It's really funny. One of my favorite scenes... There is a scene in the show where Adam, he's the one from the younger couple, and Jeff, uh, Patrick Warburton, yeah. they are watching like a basketball game or some sporting thing <laughs> okay. while they're hanging out in one of their apartments. And Adam is com- Adam has an issue that his fiance Jennifer is like all about. Um, it's it's bothering him, and he doesn't know how to explain it to her that you need to stop doing this because it bothers me <laughs> as opposed to just living with it. And he's explaining his problem to Jeff, Jeff's wife, Audrey. He says to him, he's like, does Audrey do anything like that that drives you nuts? <laughs> yeah. And before he could answer, the phone rings. And he answers the phone. He's like, yeah, hi, honey. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's great. See ya. Hangs up the phone and then stares at Adam. <laughs> Within two seconds of him hanging up the phone, Audrey walks in the front door. <laughs> <laughs> it was the she, I love that she calls mm-hmm. right before she enters the apartment <laughs> that's great and he I just glares that. at Adam <laughs> I love that kind of subtle humor that's just like it right. doesn't even need to be said that's it's great. so funny and that whole show is littered with it nice. <laughs> so I, I highly recommend Rules of Engagement if you're looking for some good comedy it's Sweet. all on Netflix so that's great all right, so what do you got for me? So my next pick was uh, That 70s Show. Um, oh, nice. Ryan's giving me a <laughs> thumbs up. Andy, I don't know if you watched this show that much, but... Uh, uh, this was a show that I watched here <sighs> and there. Okay. I didn't watch it religiously. So, handful of episodes from time to time. But. This was a show that came out, and because of the title... Like, I was in junior high when this came out, but because of the title, I just kind of thought it seemed really corny. Randomly, I ended up catching episodes, and when it started out, it was a lot of just jokes about the 70s and weird 70s trends that they made fun of. But as the show went on, it actually just kind of became about these teenagers who were just making mischief and just kind of doing their thing, and it became really hilarious and really entertaining. So I just I just really ended up growing a big appreciation to it. Um, I think all the characters are pretty unique. They really stick with you, so... Yeah. That's no, yeah. That It was a great show. What I saw of it, I really liked. I mm-hmm. don't really know why I fell off of it or mm-hmm. why. Maybe, I think the show was on at a time in my life when I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if the show still holds up. Mm-hmm. And I only say, does it still hold up? Because, so it's a show that takes place during the 70s. Yeah. But we have shows now like uh, The Goldbergs, mm-hmm. which is 80s. And does it just time jump difference does it still hold up if right. I were to go back? It's like you know. watching uh, Happy Days now when it's like 40 that's, years after that's the really, show that takes right. place 30 years before it came out. Or right, and that's, and that's the question <laughs> in the terms of it still holding um, up. So. Have you seen the Star like the New Hope episode of it? When yes, Star I have. Comes out? Okay. Yeah. I've I was going to say that's an amazing episode that you need to see if nothing else. Yeah, I have. Actually, on the, um, on the Star Wars... Saga Blu-ray box set. If you bought the big collector's edition, <laughs> they have okay. They have a disc on there 
called and it's the special it's the special it's the bonus special features. Okay. And it's got a special feature on there called Star Wars and Pop Culture. And it's an hour and a half of clips of every piece <laughs> of Star Wars pop culture that That's, existed yeah. from telev- from TV shows to commercials to movies to like it's just clips of mm-hmm. all the little pop culture stuff and like a good chunk of that A New Hope episode is on that <laughs> I've seen the episode in its yeah. entirety but a cl- chunk of it was on there that, just, that sounds like just a super fun special oh, feature oh it's a great watch. special feature because they got some <laughs> of the robot chicken stuff on there they yeah. have the uh, sorry we're digressing from the list so yeah. we should sit down and watch that sometime but <laughs> no great. it's a really great bonus feature so nice um yeah so what was your next yours was third uh yeah yours was that 70 show yes so mine is gonna be Roseanne Okay, nice. Like I said before, I didn't watch Roseanne a lot, but uh, enlighten me. <laughs> well, Roseanne, I know it's made some uh, headway lately in the news because Roseanne sent out a kind of racist tweet that kind of canceled the reboot of her show. Yeah. And they're going to be altering it. But if you go back to the original show of Roseanne, mm-hmm. um, it's it's all on Amazon Prime right now. So you can go back and watch it. It didn't get. I thought it was gonna get yanked from everywhere, but and because yeah. after the tweet, I was like, I'm happy. Like, because I started rewatching it because of the reboot show came out. Yeah, I was like, it made us. It made me want to watch the original, and okay. I started looking, and I'm like, oh, it's all on Amazon. And then she sent her tweet out, and I was like, uh oh, they're gonna <laughs> yank it from Amazon. Yeah. So let's watch this as fast as we can, <laughs> so we can, you know, nice. before they pull it. But. If you watched Roseanne, one of the things that Roseanne did more than any other sitcom is they talked about real issues. Real issues. Mm-hmm. They covered alcoholism. They covered um, sexual preferences. Mm-hmm. They like they had gay characters on there before most television dealt with that. Yeah. They had they dealt with um, they dealt with racism and diversity. They dealt with like any t- like any if it was a major issue that needed to be discussed. Yeah, they threw in comedy. Yeah, they threw in the dysfunctional family nonsense. But at the end of the day, they were dealing with real issues Mm -hmm. that most shows were terrified to talk about. Yeah. One of the – I'm going to go on a quick tangent real quick. When 9-11 happened and we entered into what they referred to as a religious war, Mm -hmm. most television would not touch it as a subject. Mm -hmm. Not the news. The news would talk about it because they have to. Yeah. But when I'm talking like scripted dramas, scripted comedies, that kind of stuff, no one would touch it. No one wanted to talk about it. There's a show called Stargate that fully discussed it in a science fiction aspect. Yeah. Which created, which made it a social commentary on what was really going on. They were one of the most, I mean, it was very brave of them to do it, but because they did it on a science fiction plane of storytelling, yeah. it skated under anyone's nose. And no one really knew that that's what they were talking about. But they were talking about 9-11 the whole time. Um, it's so the final two seasons... Yeah, the final two seasons of Stargate SG-1 is all on that. Hmm. It's all about the religious war and all that stuff. And no one saw it coming. So when shows take risks like that, that's awesome. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And I love when shows do that. And Roseanne was very... She was never afraid to talk about these things. Yeah. So it was great to have some funny episodes. But then you deal with, like... Like, if, a, if there was an affair in a marriage or something like that, like, they covered it, and they felt like it was important to discuss and deal with and how it affected the family dynamic, because yeah. at the end of the day, no matter how crazy a show, an episode would get, they came back, and it was all about the core family. 
and it became a, and it's a family show and that's mm-hmm. the whole that was the whole point so when they did the reboot with the new Roseanne show I was expecting Roseanne and that's what it was yeah and they were still pushing that envelope they had a kid who was you know um questioning his gender identity okay. on the show like one of the grandkids was questioning their gender identity great because we're going to talk they're going to talk about it yeah. because it's a hard topic to talk about and the news is talking about it so let's talk about it in a safe place and actually discuss so yeah. again they were still doing that and it was still Roseanne being the thing so I just wish that the show wasn't becoming yeah. it didn't what happened is just sad that it happened that way so yeah. I hope that if they find some work around with that it works out in the end but Roseanne is my pick because I mean it's a good show but at the same time it was such a brave show mm-hmm. so nice yeah so anyway that was my pick so nice yeah okay well um with that being said my next pick is kind of ridiculous it is gilligan's island so (laughs) i i really has i considered putting this on my list yeah but go ahead so um tell us about gilligan's island (laughs) so if you don't know which i would think it's crazy if you don't but gilligan's island is obviously the story of a group of uh, individuals who are on a tour and a, on a boat tour and get shipwrecked. Uh, it's on, on a, a three-hour tour. <laughs> right. Um, so anyways, this is a show that just, when I was growing up, I watched so much. Um, and it's thinking, when I was composing this list, I just was thinking about Gilligan's Island. And it's just so funny. As a kid, I think I was actually very invested in the idea of them getting off the island. <laughs> so I was just so much like, I got to watch it this time to see if it actually <laughs> happened sort of thing. Gilligan's uh, Island was on reruns every single day before I left for school. Yes, yeah. And I watched all the way through high school. That's what I did when mm. I was eating breakfast. I watched yeah. Gilligan's Island before I left for school. <laughs> and then uh, I think I was like, I was really drawn. I was like, oh, that. no, it's a black and white one this week. <laughs> I think uh, I was really drawn to the uh, professor, too, and I think it's just because if they had any chance... Oh, of really? I was up- drawn to Marianne, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, same, but for different reasons. But uh, the professor was, if they had a chance to get off of the island, like, he was, like, their one ch- He was the guy who was going to pull it off. So I think he, when I was a kid, that was the character who I wanted to identify with the most. But uh, the other funny thing is they did a reunion episode for Gilligan's Island, did you ever watch this, or do you remember this? Wasn't it a movie? It, yeah, it was an episode or a movie or a special. Where they were all old and they got off the yeah, island? Yeah, they, they were all old and they ended up getting rescued. I don't remember how. Probably a plane yeah, or a helicopter. They ended up getting rescued, yeah. and then the skipper was <laughs> given a boat as a gift, and yeah. they all went on the tour. <laughs> it's Yeah, they, they got rescued. They were brought back. It was like this big news story. Everybody was celebrating. I think they were even in a parade and stuff. Yeah. And then they were like, well, we might as well finish the yeah, Like, I never actually got to you go to give you the before. tour. And they go on the tour and they end up back on the island. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I remember uh, one one time my uh, grandparents had a, co- a VHS copy yes, of this. Yes, I remember watching And I watching forced that. our family to watch the whole thing one night because I think I was still invested of holy crap, they're actually making it up. <laughs> we got to see this through. Um, so, yeah, that's just... It's just funny to me, but I really enjoyed that show and all the characters on it, so... Yeah, Gilligan's Island's a great show. Like, Yeah, that was... And I looked forward to watching it every morning before school, yes. so... Yeah. All right, so my next pick is Parks and Rec. Nice. Have you watched Parks and Rec? I've watched some of Parks and okay, Rec. Okay, I've watched the first two seasons, I think. That, so. that show really, really grew on me, and... I think I 
want to say it was Spike TV had it was running reruns for a really long time. So after I watched like the entirety of the show, it was just one of those things like, oh, Parks and Rec is on it. Yeah. Just leave it, and it's just you have it on in the background and. It, the, the characters are really great, and because uh, the day job, I actually, so I haven't talked about this yet, but my day job, I work for a park district, yeah. so I it, it's kind of a little close to home, nice. so I guess I get maybe I get the humor a little bit more, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, it's such a fantastic show. You should watch it. Yeah, I mean, I've watched some of it. I just, okay. I'm not opposed to it. It's just like yeah, no, you actually should. getting it watched. So you should watch it as a, as, as its entirety. But nice. Okay. Yeah. So sounds great. That was my next pick. Nice. Um, the next pick on my list was uh, I included Friends. All right. So um, Friends is just a show <laughs> that right now uh, in my household, it's kind of just the show that we put on in the background at all times. It's like if we're doing something else, you've got friends on. Like, that's what's filling the void at all times. And it's just, you still tune in from time to time and you just laugh. And some of the jokes I just think are so funny. I love all the characters. Um, surprisingly, I feel like it's kind of held up in a weird way. Like, I've met a lot of people who are young enough that I don't think they would like Friends. But they're like, oh, yeah, I love Friends. I love this part and stuff That like show that. is held up in a very weird way. Yes. And since you brought up Friends <laughs> now, I will bring it up that yeah it made my list as well so we'll talk about we'll talk friends it friends to me is a perfect television show from beginning to end right and it goes into the writing now friends has some legendary stories about the writers rooms yeah and legendary stories about their live tapings and you know you're just like oh my god did that really happen like that's how they handled the show yeah friends however when you look at the concept of telling a story from one point and going full circle yeah. and then full circle again and then really looking at what your characters are and breaking down the character tropes and storytelling yeah. and stuff, it's such perfect storytelling. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you cry when you watch that finale every time. <laughs> For sure. Um, but – and that's a, that's a show that and – and watching it in repeat viewings, it's not on right now in my house – in the background as much as it used to be. Yeah. I think it's because I've watched Friends. Now, not just watching reruns, but I've watched it through mm-hmm. from beginning to end, like with the <laughs> DVDs or on Netflix or whatever, enough times that it's it's starting to get a little stale, so it's not <laughs> on as much as it used to be. Right. But watching the reruns, I'm giggling before the funny line happens or I'm giggling before the piece of comedy happens because you're watching the characters reactions and you know it's mm-hmm. coming so you're watching the actors do things that you didn't notice before and it just gets better and better so <laughs> that's awesome I uh you were talking about the storytelling too and there actually was something I wanted to throw in about that um so I really like so I really liked friends all through when it was originally running and then a couple of years back, TBS, I think, started playing it on reruns all the time. So I rewatched a lot of it then. And uh, I started to not like the later seasons as much because I, oh, really? like, I felt like some of the characters started to become caricatures of themselves. Like Rachel was kind of, I felt like, became more prissy, more ditzy than I thought she ever was before. And there's certain kind of things they did with the characters. I never like thought that. about it. I never thought about that. I just know that. I didn't like Phoebe in the early seasons, and the okay. late as well, the show went, I started to like Phoebe more. Yeah, well, like, my, my, my story doesn't end there, because recently I was listening to this 
another podcast and they were talking about the show and they mentioned how in the later seasons they're doing those things that I mentioned that I don't like with uh, Rachel and Car- and uh, Rachel and Monica I felt like kind of became caricature-y a little bit but then I didn't realize that they did like this whole like multiple season arc that's like the downfall of Ross in a way where Ross is having like a slow nervous breakdown over oh, episodes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, because he his marriage to Emily <laughs> and that like just kind destroyed of and... it gave me a new appreciation for just like this weird downfall of Ross scenario that happens over <laughs> yeah with his divorce and with like and it happens over like it's like a whole season maybe yes. a season and a half it is a really long <laughs> yeah, time so, so that's hilarious so and I still think I still like the older seasons it's just. Some some of the jokes I cringe at a little bit, but overall, no, great I, show through and through. And the technology on the show, because it's weird to see them use, like, <laughs> older phones, whether it be a landline or just older cell phones and stuff. But when you think about what they're doing in the story, they don't need tech for the story. They don't need yeah. any forms of technology. They can just, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's like a uh, kind of a weird time capsule show in that way because... People in their 20s living in New York City are not going to interact the same way they do on that show anymore. They're not going to. No, they're not going to interact gonna be at all. Because they're not going to interact at all because they're going to face. They're going to be exactly phones. like yeah. they're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, yeah. I don't really know how to say that. I was going to save Friends until the end. Okay. That was going to be my last pick because I like the show so much and I was going to like gush over the show a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, go go for it. You can yeah, I, more, honestly, but. I'm not really sure what else to say. Like, there's so many like great things. I mean, we could probably do a whole episode on. We could probably do a whole episode of our own on top five friends episodes, right? Or we could do a whole podcast on you know, commentaries on all the Friends episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have 10 years of content right there. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but that's, I mean, it's just a phenomenal show. And mm-hmm. I can't say that I'm going to recommend it because I feel like everyone's seen Friends. Yeah. So. For yeah. sure. <laughs> all right. Um, does that bring us to the final picks now? Uh, I think so. Um, is it my turn or your turn? Um I brought up friends. No, you brought up friends, and since it was on my list, so it's your turn. So your final pick of the night. Uh, By the way, again, this is in no particular order list (laughs) because we're not doing a year. So So the final show that I picked was The Office. The Office. Um, All right. Ryan's giving a thumbs up. (laughs) I think this show is incredible. Um, This is a show that I tried to give one. The first time I watched an Office episode, I didn't really like it as much as I felt like everyone else did and I tried it a couple more times and I just still wasn't getting it and I don't know what it was but it was like the fourth or fifth episode I watched I started to learn the characters and learn just how they act in certain situations and it just started to become so funny and then I went back and I rewatched the first episodes that I didn't get the first time and though and those episodes became funnier and it's just this really dry humor that's just so well executed that I just love. Um, I feel like the one guy in the room has not watched a lot of The Office. Okay, fair enough. I've watched a good chunk. I have not watched all of it. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't watched anything in, like, order. It's yeah. It's been, like, episodes here and there. <laughs> so, no, I totally hear yeah. you what you're saying about mm-hmm. how maybe I'm not finding this as funny as everybody else. Yeah. But what's weird about me saying that is I love Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. So, I need to look at it on a, under a different microscope, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. I think it's just giving it a chance and just being able to, like, learn 
every character's personality because then it's just you're pre- they're presented with these situations usually caused by Michael Scott and it's just so funny even just the subtle ways they react to it. Now I know we know Steve Carell left the show. How yes. do you feel about the show when like James Spader took over? And... Um, so actually I did enjoy when they were switching up the bosses a little bit um, but I think... Will Ferrell was a boss for a while. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was really funny actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I think Will Ferrell, was he the first one to take over before Michael Scott left? And it was really funny to be, to see Michael Scott trying to compete with him, even though he left the job, but they were <laughs> still in the same office, office at the same time. So, like, uh, Will Ferrell ordered a uh, barber to come in and shave him on the job, like, shave his face, because that was just kind of a power move. Like, I'm the new boss. <laughs> right. I'm, I get this luxury here. So then... Uh, Steve Carell's character, like, bought some disposable razors and some cheap <laughs> shaving cream and had the secretary shave his face at the office. And obviously she's, like, nicking his skin and stuff, and he's getting shaved right next to Will Ferrell's character. While Will Ferrell's character's like, mmm, this is nice and relaxing, isn't it? It feels good. And then, you know, Michael Scott is like, oh, yes, it's so great. Um, I don't even remember where I was going, but... No, it's fine. Yeah. I think uh, the only thing I'd say is I know a lot of people's faces favorite uh character on uh the office is jim and i actually kind of think jim's kind of a jerk a little bit when you actually look at the things he does but i actually i always uh, sympathized a lot with uh some of the like dwight especially like he's one of my favorite characters even though he's kind of a buffoon in a lot of ways like i think he's really endearing and stuff so some of the lesser characters i actually got more into on the show so right on. yeah <laughs> right on <laughs> All right, so my last pick for the night is Wings. Nice. Okay. All right. This so, made my short list. All right. So Wings, if you don't know Wings, it's basically a it's a show, it's a workplace comedy about an airport. Mm-hmm. I first off, I I was a big fan of Top Gun, made me wanted to be a pilot. Wings maybe wanted to be a pilot more. Found out I'm colorblind. Can't be a pilot. <laughs> Dream <laughs> crushed. Yeah. See, what happens is, is you go to school and they tell you you can be anything you want to be. And then you go to high school and you have to narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You find out about all the things you can't do. Yes. So, but no, Wings is, it's a great comedy. There is, what's really cool about it is the set work. Yeah. Like, we can talk about funny moments and slapstick humor and storytelling all we want tonight. But one of the things about Wings is there's a set work to it, which is really interesting the way they handled the camera. Because it's one airport. Yeah. So it's like two terminals. You have two two competing airports in terms of business. So they have their two terminals for ticket sales. Yeah. And then you have a lunch counter and a waiting room. And it's just one set. And then you have, like, an office and a hangar off to the one side. Mm -hmm. So the cameras can just freely move between the spaces. So when there's big action sequences or big slapstick stuff or a character's got to run from one side of the terminal to the other, it is a full set, and it's the cameras taking it in one shot. Yeah. The camera almost, a lot of times, doesn't break. And there's many times that you'll see these one-take camera movements. And it's almost as if you're sitting in a theater watching a play that (laughs) happens to be about an airport. Because a lot of times you don't... Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of times you don't see what happens... they show you shots of on the airplane. Yeah. You get to see the airplane scenes here and there, and you get to see the airplane flying here and there, but a lot of times it's just in the terminals. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool, and there's one there's one episode that just stands out. I couldn't... It's so hard to watch without dying laughing while I'm watching it, but 
Helen, the lady who runs the lunch counter, is she's got a date coming over and she's cooking dinner at her house. Mm-hmm. It's like a big fancy date. But all these people have to come over to her house. So, like, the doorbell rings, and she's like, I'll get it. And then, like, you know, Lowell, who's helping her cook dinner in the kitchen, he's like, dinner's not ready. He would, like, poke <laughs> his head out and say that. But it takes place just in her living room. But it's like a comedy of errors in terms of how theater works. It's one nice. set, and all this stuff is happening, and it's just absolute chaos until the end of the episode. But it's one of the coolest sequences. It's almost as if, and if you watch it, it's shot like a, it's shot like a piece of theater because... It's almost as if there wasn't a take. Like, if they hmm. screwed up, they had to reshoot the whole thing. Wow. Because I don't think the camera changes. I don't... The camera might not change at all in that sequence. <laughs> and if it does, I wasn't noticing it. Yeah. But it was... It's a really cool episode. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I like that show a lot. There's a lot of jokes that still stand out for me from the show. Uh, I think one of my favorite ones was how... Uh, Roy, the character Roy, was uh, right. born on a leap year... And so it's his, like, it's actually <laughs> right. his 48th birthday, but he's celebrating he's, it as a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, and it's so. just kind of a funny compulsion that he has that, like, no, I'm actually 12. I'm going to celebrate my birthday like a 12-year-old boy. So they go to a Chuck E. Cheese-esque restaurant and stuff. And <laughs> I remember uh, the, the uh, what's it called, uh, waiter coming over to the table and he's like, I don't know if he brought a birthday cake or something. He's like, oh, it's somebody's 12th birthday. Who's, uh, whose birthday is, or who's the birthday, who's the boy. birthday boy? And, and Roy's like, I am. And the guy says something like, oh, that's great. And he walks away. He's like, you strange man. <laughs> you <laughs> right. sick strange man. That was also a good bit where uh, Casey, Helen's sister, was like, what do we get for Roy yeah. for his birthday? What do we, how do we <laughs> shop for him? And Joe says... Well, it's his 12th birthday, so he wants toys that a 12-year-old would get. <laughs> Don't get him the Batman toys. He got them all last time. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's it, that's that's a great show. And it was the final season got a little weird, but they ended it really well. So, other than the final season, like... Okay, Yeah, the, the final season got a little weird, and you're just were like, there all right, well... actors, I, like, dropping off of No, it, I think they were just running out of material, and they didn't know okay. what else to do with the show, but they knew they had to get to the end of the season. <laughs> they were <laughs> like, enough. we're ending, and we need to just do these episodes. <laughs> but great actors came out of there. Thomas Hayden Church, who was Sandman in Spider-Man 3, mm-hmm. came out of Wings. Uh, Tony Shalhoub, who played Monk. Tony Shalhoub is... He's a fantastic actor. He played the cab driver. Um, I don't know what he's done in a while, but yeah. You know, and then uh, Stephen Weber and uh, uh, Tim, Tim Daly, yeah. who voiced Superman in the Superman animated television series, <laughs> yeah. came out of there. So awesome! Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Sweet. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our list, which brings us to a close for the night. But I need to know what our list is next week so I can do it. Okay. So yeah. So while I was compiling uh, my list, there was a lot of shows that. I couldn't put on the, on there. And I think it's a little bit because of, in my mind, things that I exclude from being a sitcom. So I have my own mental constraints that okay. keep me from saying certain shows are sitcoms, and a lot of those are just the animated shows. Because okay. Family Guy, for example, absolutely a sitcom through and through in my mind. But a show like Futurama, I actually almost consider more of like a comedy sci-fi adventure. Sure more than a traditional sitcom. So I thought I it would like be I feel like this fun. list, Ryan, has a lot of rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't have a lot of rules, but I was just explaining my process. I thought it would be fun to do the top, your, our top five favorite adult comedy cartoon series. Adult comedy cartoon yes. series. So, so uh, 
animated series that's focused that's targeted towards adults that's comedy targeted towards adults yes. that is adult does that make sense uh maybe so like i wouldn't show family guy to a child yes exactly okay exactly. <laughs> so yeah. it's meant for adults it's targeted towards adults yes you know um let me rephrase that so looney tunes is a show for children yes targeted towards adults Okay, right. Because of the because of the way the stories are told and the subject matter and the mm-hmm. jokes, all they're all targeted yeah. towards adults, but it's a show so, for children. Yeah, another example is uh, one of my favorite animated series is Rocco's Modern Life. It has a ton of adult humor in it, but it's still targeted towards children, so I'd probably exclude it from right. this list. And uh, it, you might be saying like, why are there these restrictions? And I would say there's a lot of series that. If I didn't include adult or didn't include animated on it, we might not be able to include on the list. So oh, if sure. it's later on, we might do top five adult might, I mean, action animated series or something like that. Oh, or we I might see. do so top is, five so cartoon these are, so animated these are comedies? Yes. Okay, so I'm not looking at like anime and looking for like... If it's a comedy. If it's yeah, a comedy, yeah. sure, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. Top five favorite adult cartoon comedy series. Awesome. All right, fantastic. <laughs> That's a mouth- mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful, so it's a good thing next week you'll be the one starting us off on the list. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> so with that being said, that brings us to a close for the night. So back to our housekeeping that we talked about at the beginning. We're live. Episodes are live. The website's live. So if you want to check us out on our website, it is top5report.com written out the five is written out every time i say this the five is going to be written (laughs) out it's not the number so top five report.com if you want to interact with the show and send us an email it is top five report at gmail.com if you would like us on facebook it's top five report or follow us on twitter at top five report so if i can't stress it more it's top five report (laughs) if you want to follow me personally i'm drew on twitter at drew 3927 and my instagram is the same drew at 3927 peter uh yeah so you can follow me on twitter at ninja pierre and i post instagram stuff and uh the artwork stuff there sometimes so you can find that there great ryan anything you've been quiet Ryan's waving it off. (laughs) So everyone, until next week, have a good night. I'm Drew. 